Uh, welcome to those who have come in. Uh, this is our all-age service, um, so we're all in just for about an hour, um, and we're going to all learn from God's Word together. Um, and we sort of break it up into little sections, um, so we'll have a bit, and then we'll have a song, and I'll have a bit more of a song, and you'll get the, the, the idea of it as we go through. Um, we're actually looking again at Colossians, and those who have been here will be thinking, I thought we'd finished Colossians, and that was what we were saying, wasn't it? We were saying, oh, we have finished Colossians, uh, but we hadn't. Uh, and my wife is very great to have around because she always tells me when I get things wrong. We hadn't done the last bit of Colossians, uh, chapter 4. So we're going to look at that together. And it's from chapter uh, verse 7 all the way through to verse 18. Um, so if you can just turn in your Bibles to that and have it open in front of you. Um, and when we get up to sing, if you can pop it on the floor, open and then pick it back up, and then you'll have it to look at. Um, It's on page 1,384. Uh, We're going to be having a look at uh, uh, that reading in just a little while. Um, And you'll notice that there's some signs up at the front. um, So there will be some participation involved. Um, You have unknowingly opted for one of these three places to live. Um, So if you don't know where it is, uh, look it up on your phone. Um, then put your phone away. <laughs> um, but, but obviously we know Rome, don't we? But these two we're going to hear about. And this is the Colossi, where the Colossians have been living. Um, and the church that Paul is writing to. Um, we've been seeing in the book, of, in this letter, um, God's big plan. We've been learning about God's big plan. What is God's big plan? For all things and for everywhere and for all times? Well, it's this. Through Jesus, God's plan is to bring all things back to himself. Things on earth and things in heaven. God did this by making peace using the blood of Jesus' death on the cross. So that is God's big plan for all things in heaven and on earth, everywhere, today. And actually, that is God's big plan for people. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at people And real people whose lives were changed by this gospel, by this good news, by God's big plan uh, to change them. And so you can have a look down there at your Bibles. In verse 7, you see the first name. And as you glance down, you'll see quite a few other names. Uh, So we're going to be looking at the people that Paul mentions um, in in this little section. The gospel, which is all about Jesus is God's power to save and to change people. Everyday people, normal people. People from every background. Um, There's going to be non-Jews in Colossae. There's going to be Jews from Jerusalem. Uh, There's going to be people from the top of the social pile, like masters and people with households. And there's going to be people from the bottom of the social pile, the slaves and the servants. All of them can be changed by the gospel, by God's message about Jesus, uh, which saves and changes people. And actually, this little section we're looking at is a snapshot of what that looked like in that particular part of the world at that particular point in time. So if you don't know where these places are, it's okay. You're just getting a snapshot of a particular point in time and what's going on and, and, and how we've got... God's big plan is working out in people's lives um, in that place. We're going to hear about some people um, in just a moment. Uh, But that's actually going to help us as well to think through uh, what it is that God's doing through us today. Through those he has saved and those he has yet to save. What God's big plan is and how it's going to be worked out and what that's going to look like. Um, So we're going to think about that together. Um, But we're going to stand, we're going to sing uh, a song together. So if you can stand up. It's about how God is building not a physical place, but a people for himself, and the place where he dwells with them. Um, So let's sing it together, brick after brick.
plan to go on holiday, uh, maybe it's half term, you want a recommendation for which airline you're going to fly with. Uh, and you probably will get some, something other than a recommendation from quite a few of the flights that are meant to be taking off at the moment. Um, there are other things you might need a recommendation for. Uh, I've just heard that the uh, Top Gun film is really good. My dad's told me, so it must be true. Uh, you need a good recommendation to know, to know who you're, looking, who you're talking to, um, who's going to do you good, who's going to say the right things, that kind of thing. And um, this letter, this part of Colossians, kind of does serve as a recommendation from Paul. It's a sort of personal recommendation. He's saying, uh, these are the guys that you can trust, that you can listen to. Um, so let's have a look down. Um, these are the delivery men. Okay, They've got a letter um, to give. Actually, two letters, but we'll get to that in a moment. To give from Paul in Rome. There you go. Uh, and he's got to take, they've got to take them to Colossi, Colossi which is in Turkey. Uh, Rome's in Italy. Is that right? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Geography's not great, but you, you can help me out. Uh, Colossi's in... Uh, I have actually been to Laodicea, not Colossi. I didn't get to go to Colossi, I should have said. Why didn't I... Actually, it's not really there anymore, so it probably would have just been a pile of rubble, but um, you know, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, the delivery men. So we're going to hear about two people that Paul is commending or saying, these are guys um, that you can trust. He sent them with the, the letters. Um, so, so Paul, can you give your letters out to a few of those guys and uh, get them to bring the letters over to the people over here? Postman, okay, yeah. Make sure they're reliable. <laughs> Come on then, all the way over here. Yeah, it's a long journey. Yeah, he's got long legs, you're going to have to keep up. There you go. 
Great, thank you. <laughs> there you go, thank you. If you hand them over, and then you can sit down for a little bit. Over that side, you have to stay over there. Great. Um, those two people uh, were called, they looked a little bit like this, probably not, um, were Tychicus and Onesimus. Not Onesimus, as some people may think, but Onesimus. Tychicus and Onesimus. And we hear what Paul says about them. Um, so let's read together in verses 7 uh, to 9. Tychicus is my dear brother in Christ. He is a faithful minister and servant with me in the Lord. He will tell you all the things that are happening to me. That is why I am sending him. I want you to know how we are. I am sending him to encourage you. I sent him with Onesimus. Onesimus is a faithful and dear brother in Christ. He is one of your group. They will tell you all that has happened here. And what it says is that Tychicus is going to encourage you. That's what it says, doesn't it? I'm sending him to encourage you at the end of verse 8. And actually the words used there are encourage your hearts. It's the same words that Paul said uh, back in chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Paul himself said um, this. Um, I want them to be strengthened and joined together with love. I want them to be rich in the strong belief that comes from understanding. I mean, I want you to know fully God's secret truth. That truth is Jesus himself. And in him, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are safely kept. So Tychicus is going to be far more than just a hand over kind of guy. He's got a bigger, he's got a job to do when he gets there. And that job is to encourage the hearts of believers in Colossae in the same way that Paul had been encouraging them by writing to them. Encouraging them that Jesus is the only one that they need. That in Jesus, all the fullness of God dwelt. And if they are in Jesus, then they have absolutely all they need. And in Jesus, all the riches of wisdom is found. They don't need to go looking elsewhere for wisdom or for understanding. They can just go to Jesus, look at his word. And so Tychicus is is more than just a delivery man. He's going to encourage them uh, by explaining some of the things in this letter. You think, actually, there's probably quite a few things in this letter that they might not have understood first off. And Tychicus is going to be there to explain it to them. He's also going to bring some news about Paul to fill in the gaps of what they don't know has been happening. And also what the gospel has been doing in Rome. There's been some amazing things happening and we'll hear just one example of that in just a moment. Paul is going to encourage their, uh, is sending Tychicus to encourage their hearts. To help them to stick with Jesus. Stick with the same gospel that Paul believed in and preached. And Tychicus is the guy that he said you can trust him to do that. He's not going to teach you anything else. He's going to take you back to what and Jesus himself has done and um, so that you can be built up you can be encouraged and um, so guys over there big smile yeah you you're feeling encouraged oh he's done a good job where's Tychicus great well done fantastic he's done a great job what about Onesimus where's little Onesimus over there oh he's run away well actually that's quite apt because Onesimus was um, a guy who had worked for a, uh, an owner or, or, or a guy in Colossae called Philemon. I think we need quite a prestigious looking guy. George, where are we? Oh, Joshua. Okay, great. Hey, uh, you, you obviously conduct yourself very well. Your affairs and your house and everything, all very organised. You've got uh, someone working for you, or you did have, but he's a scoundrel. You know why? He ran off. He ran off. When Paul was at your house, he probably took the opportunity, while you are distracted, to run away. He's over there. Onesimus ran all the way to Rome thinking he could escape. And, um, and when, when he was in Rome, he met Paul. And Paul preached the gospel to him. And he was saved. He heard about Jesus. He didn't understand about Jesus before. He heard about Jesus and what Jesus had done. He knew that was for him. He was saved. And you know what that did? Is it changed Onesimus. In terms of his attitude now towards his old master. Because I guess before he would have gone to Rome saying, 
you know, it's making me work. It's all, it's so hard to work for, and all of that kind of stuff. But now he's got good reasons to be in relationship with Philemon, because Philemon has been saved. He has been saved by Christ, and so has Onesimus. And so these two guys, Tychicus and Onesimus, are being sent with this letter, and they're going to bring an encouragement. Tychicus is probably going to be the one explaining things, but Onesimus is going to be the one saying, look, I've been changed. My life has changed. You can see that my life has changed by this amazing truth. And that would be a massive encouragement. Big smile again. Great. Onesimus, he's back with his owner, um, or the guy working, he was working for, um, Philemon in Colossae. Um, so those are the two guys. These men... Paul says, will help you to stand firm by teaching you the gospel and by showing its progress in their lives, by showing how how much of a difference it's made um, in their lives. Um, So far then, we've looked at the delivery men, those who are sent to encourage the believers as they teach the gospel that Paul has been sharing in this letter and that they show it in their lives. Their lives are changed, which is a big encouragement. And they're now reconciled to each other where there would be unforgiveness. Next, um, Hannah's going to come up in a moment after our song. And gonna, Paul's going to encourage them with reports of what's going on in Rome. Okay? Uh, let's stand up, let's sing. And we're going to sing our theme song for the whole of Colossians. And um, it's called All Things. And you might know the person who wrote this song.
Okay. Before we jump on, is this the right set? There we go. Let me recap the big point of Colossians. Okay? And through Christ, God's plan is to bring all things back to himself again. Things on earth and things in heaven. God made peace by using the blood of Christ's death on the cross. So in this next little section, we're going to see more recommendations. Now, I'm going to read verse 10 and 11, and I want you to count how many people send their greetings. Now, it's confusing because some people have more than one name, so just count them once. And some people talk about the cousin. Don't mention the cousin. I want you to count how many people send their greetings. Imani, are you going to count with me? Yeah? Let me see. Eddie, I think you can do this as well if you want to join in. We're going to do some counting, okay? Right, verse 10. Aristarchus greets you. He is a prisoner with me. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, also greets you. I've already told you what to do about Mark. If he comes, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also greets you. These are the only Jewish believers who work with me for the kingdom of God. They have been a comfort to me. Shout out if you think you know how many people. I've got two here. Three. Okay, three. I thought I'd just get higher. Three. Well done. Three. So let's have three guys, three Jewish men working hard for the kingdom of God with Paul. They want to see all things brought together under God. They want to see God's peace. And they are a comfort to Paul. Now that doesn't seem very surprising until we have a look at those names. Because one of them, Mark, did you spot him? I wonder if you've heard him before. You might have, you might not have. But it says, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, so he wants to make sure people get the right Mark, also greet you. I've already told you what to do about him. And that's because he was with Paul in the past. But then they fell out. Okay, they had a big disagreement and Paul said, I'm not going with you again. But now, now Paul says, greet him, welcome him. He is a comfort to me. He has changed. And I wonder what it is. I'm pretty sure it is God that has worked in them. God has worked in Paul and in Mark so that they can be reconciled. Because that is what God does. He works to bring all things together. God's people being brought together. Now, I don't know if you have a brother or a sister. Anyone got a brother or sister here? Okay, if you've got a brother or sister, you've probably at some point had a falling out. Okay, hands up if you've never had a falling out with a brother or sister. You've never had one? Oh, well, let me tell you what happens when a brother and sister has a falling out. Well, let me tell you what happens. Now, one hits another or says something unkind and then they fall out. And then a mum or a dad will often come and say, say sorry to your brother or sister. And that sorry can be said in different ways. Sometimes it is, I'm sorry. Other times it is, oh, I'm sorry, like that. And I'm sure there's a whole spectrum. Let me see, George, have you heard people say I'm sorry in your house? Do they they mean it? (laughs) They don't usually mean it at the moment. But maybe later on in the day, you see them playing together and you know, oh, they've made up. They're together. They're enjoying each other. And just here, it's that type of reconciliation. It isn't just, oh, I'm sorry, and we're going to get on with our own thing in different places. They say, I'm sorry, and they're working together. God has reconciled them, and now Paul can say of Mark, he is a worker with me, and he comforts me. I'm so glad to have him. Next, we move on from the Jewish... Oh, let me go. Here we go. So they're recommended because they're reconciled. They're working together for God's kingdom their recommendation. But now we move on from the Jewish men and there's some more people. So I want, I'm going to read again and I want you to count how many more people. Okay, let me read down. 12. So, I know not 12, I've gone too far. Oh yeah. Epaphras also greets you. He is a servant of Jesus Christ and he is from your group. He always prays for you. He prays that you will grow to be spiritually mature and have everything that God wants for you. I know that he has worked hard for you and the people in Laodicea 
and in Hierapolis. Demas and our friend and our dear friend Luke, the doctor, greet you. How many people here? Three. Three. The same. That's easy. Easy maths. Okay, so we've got three more guys. So we've moved on from the Jewish guys to the Gentiles. Now, Epaphras has been mentioned already in Colossians. He is the guy who told the Colossians all about this gospel in the first place. He taught them all about who Jesus is. All about God's plan. And I think he's the one who's told Paul how they're getting on. So all these warnings and instructions and encouragements written in Colossians, it's because of what Epaphras has said to Paul. Because Paul's not there, Paul's over in Rome. Epaphras has come and told him. And he, when he's with Paul, Paul can say, he is always praying for you. He works hard for you, Colossians, by praying. He knows that it's God's plan and it's God's power that's going to make it happen. Let's see what he prays. It's in verse 12. He always prays for you. He prays that you will grow to be spiritually mature and have everything that God wants for you. He just wants them to stick with the same Jesus that he told them about. He wants them to know what it looks like to have all of their lives brought under the rule of the Lord Jesus. He wants them to grow knowing that Jesus is the one that they always need. And he wants them to grow bigger and bigger in their spiritual lives. He wants them to have everything that God wants for them. And he knows that doesn't mean uh, health and wealth and prosperity because he's with Paul in prison. So he knows what God wants for them is for them to grow to be more like the Lord Jesus. Grow to have everything in their lives under God. So God is working and he's working because people like him are praying and he knows that. So we've got a pet for us. Who else have we got? Oh. Oh. I'm not very good with technology. There we go. So he is recommended because he is someone who prays. God's people, when they know God's plan, they're praying because it's only going to happen in God's power. So we get two more names. Demas and our dear friend Luke the doctor. Now he is the same Luke that wrote the gospel of Luke in the Bible. So he knows what what God's plan is and he wants everyone to know. That's why the book of Luke, he says, I've written an orderly account. I want everyone to know about the life, death and resurrection of King Jesus. He wants everywhere, everyone everywhere to know this truth so that they can be reconciled to God as well, to have peace with him. And then there's this name, Demas. We're not told much about him, but he must have been known to the Colossians because he wants to say hi to them. And at this moment, Paul thinks he is a believer. But later, in another one of Paul's letters, Paul says he's moved away and he loves the, he loves the world. He doesn't love Jesus. And this, I think, can encourage us to know that this is God's plan and God's power. It's not for us to judge people and to say who's who. But when people are with us, we can encourage them and be encouraged by them when we see signs of God's work. So it's not Paul's plan. Paul doesn't know exactly what's going on. It is always God's plan. And it's God's will to do things his way. And it is why being like a Epaphros and working hard and praying hard are great things to do. So we've got Epaphros. He is recommended because he prays and we have Luke. He's got a big mouth because he wrote down his, his gospel of Luke. He wants everyone to know the truth about King Jesus. God's plan is seen in action in the lives of these men. From different backgrounds, Jews and Gentiles, working together, but them comforting Paul, to make God's plan known. Next we're going to stand and sing to God be the glory, because it's his plan and it will work in his way.
We've been seeing that God's big plan is to bring all things through the death of his son to him, to bring him back to him, to bring people back to him, and then to reconcile them to one another. And he gives people to that work, doesn't he? So once they've been saved, they're the ones who go and encourage others and to keep going with Jesus. Um, At this point in the letter, Paul turns from personal commendations about other people to speak some instruction to the people he's writing to in Colossae. So he's got some instructions for you guys. Um, Try and remember three things, okay? So all you've got to do is remember three things. Uh, The first one is uh, to pass it on. He says to them um, in verse uh, 16, after this letter is read to you, be sure that it is also read to the church in Laodicea. So he says, don't keep this letter just in Colossae. If it's an encouragement to you, it's God's word, so give it. Pass it on to the church down the road from you. It's actually only 15 kilometres, and that's probably why I didn't go when I visited Laodicea to Colossae, but 15 miles, 15 kilometres down the road. Um, so can you pass over the letter to the Colossians, to the church in Laodicea? They've been sat there wondering what they're going to be used for. Um, this is your big moment, okay? Don't, don't, don't miss out on it. Um, so let's read from verse 15 to 16. Uh, greet the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and greet Nympha. Who wants to be Nympha? Anyone? Quite an interesting name. Verona, you can be Nympha for today. And the church that meets in her house. It's going to be a bit crabbed. Yeah. <laughs> One bed flat, isn't it? Two, two bed flat. We're, we're, we're sorted, we're sorted. Um, after this letter is read to you, be sure that it is also read to the church in Laodicea. And you must read the letter that I wrote to Laodicea. So, where's the other letter? You can pass it on. They've got one for you. Yeah, great. You pass it over. They've got a letter for you. You've got a letter for them as well. We don't know so much about this letter, okay? So if you want to know a bit about that afterwards, but it's, they had, uh, there was a letter that Paul knew about that was going to be passed from the church in Laodicea to the Colossi as well. Um, um, so pass it on. Don't keep it to yourself. When you hear God's word, encourage others with it. Um, it's not just about your church there. It's about what God's doing everywhere. In each other places as well. Um, and then he says in verse um, 17, he says, Tell Archippus, be sure to do the work the Lord gave you. So presumably Archippus is in Colossae and the church in Colossae are being encouraged to tell this guy Archippus to keep on doing the work the Lord had given him to do. Sounds like he might be a a minister, someone who preaches to them or does some work for the the people in that church. And he says they're telling him, they're to tell him to, to keep going with that. We don't know, maybe he was discouraged. Maybe he just needed to be encouraged from time to time and so that's what they were to do and um, so these are the two things so far you got got it pass it on uh, encourage um the leader some, someone who is amongst you and um, to keep on doing the work that the lord gave you and then the last thing here in verse 18 if you want to look down at that he says i paul greet you and write you with my own hand i write this with my own hand Remember me in prison. God's grace be with you. Why is Paul asking them to remember his chains? Is it that Paul, at this point, feels a bit sorry for himself and says, it'd be nice for them to just feel sorry for me? Is that why he says that? Remember my chains? Could be. I don't think it is. I think the rest of the letter suggests that Paul is about their encouragement, not about his own. And the reason Paul is saying, remember my chains to them, is that it will be a way of them standing firm when trouble comes, when suffering comes for the gospel. They will see, actually, they'll remember, oh yeah, Paul, even the apostle Paul suffered for the gospel. It's the same gospel and the same results. So when there's difficulties come from believing the gospel, from speaking the gospel, which there will be, Paul wants them to stand firm, to keep going. And he says, if you remember my chains, then you will. You're not alone.
You're not the only one who suffered for the gospel. I am suffering for the gospel. Um, so those three things, uh, pass it on, uh, encourage the person among you who is teaching, um, and remember that suffering comes with the gospel, and be prepared to suffer. So they've got some instructions to do for encouraging each other. You see? It's not just um, people coming in to encourage them. It's not just people among them encouraging them. It's them encouraging each other uh, by these things. We're seeing, aren't we, that this is God's big plan for how the gospel is going to grow and bear fruit in people's lives. It's through people like you and me. That's why it's so messy, isn't it? Like so-and-so and so-and-so over here and so-and-so over there and... Because it's real people that have been changed by the gospel. And they are to encourage others and build them up. Paul had many other gifts. He, he was great at evangelism. He was great. He, he healed people. And yet what Paul prioritises is encouraging other believers. And that's, he sat and that's what he's doing in prison. He's writing to other believers to encourage them to keep going with Jesus. And so actually, that is what the church is about. That's what we as the church are to be doing on a daily basis, is encouraging one another, speaking the truth, praying for one another. And, and that's, that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, and God's big plan that's being worked out is going to be happen that way. That's how God's big plan is going to come, come about. And... Um, Paul could say, well, I'm far too busy telling unbelievers about Jesus to encourage believers. He doesn't do that. He make it his, makes it his life's work to build up, to encourage and to strengthen other believers in their faith. It's not just about his faith. It's about their faith. And we've seen that Paul's desire is that they don't move from the gospel that they've heard, that they keep with the same gospel, the truth about Jesus. They don't move away from it to something else. Um, even if that thing seems more exciting or, or it has more effect or it seems that way. Um, he says, keep going. Um, so, uh, remember me in prison. God's grace be with you. Um, let's pray. Uh, let's pray in light of what we've been hearing. And then we're going to sing our final song together. Let's pray. Actually, we've got two more songs, but let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your gospel is bearing fruit in people's lives. Thank you that through the truth about Jesus, through his, his death, that is the power to save people. To bring them back into a right relationship with you. And therefore to change their lives so they may look outwards to others. And we thank you that you've done that for many of us here. We pray that you would um, encourage us with the same truths week upon week so that we may be an encouragement to each other and to keep listening to you and to keep learning what it means to follow you. Uh, We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going to stand and we're going to sing our final song. uh, Not our final song. Our second to last song, penultimate song. Um, And this is about God's master plan. And so we're going to stand and sing together. It's called We Are The Church. Let's sing.
Let us pray. The prayer will be about our church family. We're going to pray for our church family for Revive and the Ranch. Father God, we thank you for this church family. Thank you for the leadership of Rob as a faithful minister and fellow brother and servant in Christ. Thank you that as a family you have sustained us and blessed us through your word and your Holy Spirit, which has helped us to be an encouragement as we share your love with each other, with strangers and with visitors. Father, help us always to be a welcoming and loving family so that anyone that we meet are greeted and welcomed as part of your family, as you have done for us through Jesus. Thank you for the partnerships with others, such as Co-Mission, and the opportunity to gather together as your larger family as part of the Revive event. We lift up all those that will be leading and teaching, all those involved in organizing the event and the many that have volunteered to serve. We pray your protection and guidance that all the plans will go according to your will. We give thanks for the ranch event happening this weekend. Thank you for the leaders and the teachers of your word, for the spirit of truth guiding guiding them to speak truth in love. We pray your protection over all involved. Thank you for the young people attending and the seeds of truth that will be planted in their hearts. May they be encouraged by your word and the love shared to continue to walk with you daily when they return home. May your grace be with us all. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Uh, amazing grace.